You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. We've got Bush. Fuck, do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bang bus think they're a good deal. Dude. My dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Ringside Refills, the diet version of Drunk Wrestling History. I'm your designated host, Adam. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. I intend to get properly fucked up if no one disagrees. And this is Scott. Oh, did you just add that tonight? Oh, yeah, uh, I added it last week, but you didn't... Or well, I added it on the next episode, but I added it on the last recording. Oh, I didn't even You, you missed that. it last time. Oh. I thought you would like it. Yeah, well done, yeah. dude. Yeah. And this is Scott for those about to drink. We salute you. Cheers. Salud. Production value has gone up on this show. Oh, you don't even know. You don't even know. <laughs> you'll see You'll you'll see in a minute because, you know, I told you I had a couple things to get to. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to shock the world. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> well, anyways, I hope uh, all of you who are listening to us or watching us are having a great day. Have a nice cold beverage in hand, whether it's a uh, hard liquor, beer or LaCroix. I just hope uh, that uh, you're having a good time and ready for some drunk wrestling laughs uh, with us. Beer, beer, blackened. Excellent. With water. Of course, got to cut it. A I'm gonna have to. Is. I'm gonna have to get Blackened queued up for when we record because you switched back to Blackened. You were off Blackened for a while. We, we, we got two bottles for Christmas. It's like people know oh. us so well. So yeah, I've got a lot okay. to go through. <laughs> well, you're gonna. Uh, we're recording Saturday, so I imagine you'll be drinking it then. Oh, good guess. Yeah, I'll try to remember to get Black. I'll put Blackened on like a two-hour loop because I'm sure that episode's gonna go long. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, Shannon will be no, doing I- Jameson, I believe, but uh, I don't think there's a Jameson song. But definitely have Blackened queued up. Okay, yeah. I also have other um, appropriate music for the episode. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Sound effects. Which, oh, wait. Whatnot. You know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say what I was going to say what it was because I thought you were going to hear this later. But no, you're going to hear this. E- yeah, yeah. This episode is going to come out first. So I'm not going to spoil what it was. Yeah, no spoilers, dude. Come on now. Yeah. But in the meantime, also head over to whatamaneuver.net. Get Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and onesies, especially for Minister Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes that you have or end up making in celebration of events that take place on Sunday or on Wednesday as of this recording. I think most most dudes are going to be too drunk Sunday. (laughs) Whiskey dick don't make babies. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, it could also be like, well, I guess it depends what team you root for. Like that could, you could, you could fucking enter a state of Hulkamania if, uh, (laughs) you know, your team wins. Yeah. Yeah. So, which that's what it's now referred to. Uh, Anyone who watches Always Sunny in Philadelphia knows that, knows why I'm calling it that from now on. I love it.
It's so fucking funny. Ted and I had a little exchange on Twitter. We're enemies through the week, but once the game's over, we're cool again. But uh, Oh, Ted's a Chiefs fan, huh? Yep. Yeah, he's from Kansas City, right? Got it. Yeah. He's one uh, uh, who confirmed yeah. that if we ever make it there, we need to hit up grinders, right? I don't remember him saying that. I mean, maybe confirm that to you. What was that, that a strip club? Uh, Get a few drinks in me. Like it could turn into a strip club. Oh. No. Um, uh, it's a good strip club name. I'm just saying. It definitely is, but uh, big visual artist. It's a strip club slash skate park slash deli. This place sounds amazing. Yeah. We're getting entrepreneurial here. Uh, big visual artists, killer pizzas, and Ooh, a Hungarian okay. and Hungarian food. Wow. Yeah. All right. All right. I like it. I yeah. do too. I mean, yeah. Well, when when uh, when uh, WrestleMania goes to Kansas City, we'll ch- we'll check it out. We'll look forward to that. Probably be a pretty probably be a pretty cool place for it. Well, the you know what? Screwing Since- people over by that point, you think? <laughs> well, Adam, I'm glad you mentioned Ted because we got a speak pipe message from him. Um, I got this when I was in Vegas. I haven't heard it. And we have two tonight. Uh, they're Sweet. both they're both short. So here is. Oh, wait, that's not Ted. That's the other one. Here is Ted. Here. Here is Ted. Okay. Drunk wrestling history. This is Ted from Kansas City getting ready to go out to a brewery in my drunk wrestling history hoodie. And I will give you an update later as to whether or not I get laid. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) I never got that update. That was a weekend before last. That was when I was in Vegas. Maybe he's still banging. He's still still doing it. He hasn't, he hasn't finished up. Yeah. Space mountain still going. (laughs) Space mountain. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Ted, hit us up and let us know. <laughs> Leave us a message on the yeah. speak Just let us know if you need a water break or something. I don't know. Or, or <laughs> got to hydrate. A fan. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then I got another one. This is from Anonymous. I don't know who this is. This one came in at 4 a.m. Um, I saw it when I was... Yeah, I, I wasn't up at 4 a.m. I wasn't up at 4 a.m., I think I saw it from the night before, but this one came in at 4 a.m. I don't know where this dude is, but it's 4 a.m. West Coast time. I don't know if he's on the East Coast. He could be in Europe, for all I know. I don't. He, he could be that one dude in India. I don't know. All I know is this dude, dude left us a speak pipe dude at 4 a.m. Come on, India. dude in India. Check in. Do a check in. Yeah. Yeah, here Wellness we go. check. Oh, my God. Me again. And I'm, oh, it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm fucking hungover, and I might. Anyways, no. It didn't work. Oh, dude, that was the update from Ted. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I totally was going to be like, this is going to be disappointing if it's some guy in England and it's like noon. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that was fun. <laughs> that's, I love it. I love it. All right. Ted is uh, officially the king. I, I coordinate him king of speak pipe. <laughs> God damn. That was incredible. That, that's great. Thank you, Ted. Thank you. He's got to go out with that on again, though, because that's just that's that's just bad luck that night. That's oh, no, you don't throw on the towel after one shot. I mean, exactly. Right. I mean, that just sounds like there was work put into it. Like, for sure. Like between those two speak pipes, it sounds like there was an adventure. (laughs) He sounded like shit in the second one. (laughs) He did, dude. Yeah, he said he sounded like me at 5 a.m. in Vegas. But you know what? If you go home and finish yourself off, I still count that as a win. 
Yeah, that's I, I have no. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. That's yep. fair. I mean, I'm picturing from A to B some instances of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, even John Larroquette from the Old Night Court find a s- super old lady be like, uh, "I have arthritis, but I could only use my hand." But, uh, okay, but, good enough. But yeah. work. <laughs> your teeth come out. <laughs> All right. So to get, I got a couple more things to get into. Um. It's a sad day here at Drunk Wrestling History. And it's a sad day because Vince McMahon ruined it all for us. Today, I feel we need to officially retire one of my favorite sound effects. You guys know how much I love my sound effects, but I have to, I think I'm retiring this one after today. Ruthless aggression. It's gotta, it's gotta go, right? It's gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems now it feels dirty. It was funny when the whole, when the whole thing first came out. It was funny, but now it's a different story and it's not funny anymore. So yeah, it's just I gross. It's gross. Yeah. So um, I love that sound effect, but um, I think this is its last. Uh, that's I think that's the last time you're gonna hear it. Viking funeral. Send it off and burn it. Exactly. Can't yeah. blame. That's. I mean, we. Have, it was okay at the time. It dictated an era. Yeah. Well, we didn't know any. We didn't know all the details at the yeah. time. It was just like, oh, Vince is banging some chick. Of course he is. Right. And he paid her off, and and he's embarrassed. That's what was funny about it is that he was embarrassed. But now it's like the details we've, come out. And it's like horrible. Learn right? context. So it's like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's like, I guess you know, it's not really something to joke about anymore. So fucking thanks a lot, Vince. Yeah. Good job, Vince. Yeah. Ruined right. fucking yeah, you everything. You ruined four people's. You ruined it for four people. But the good thing is, I um feel that we've landed on our feet in this tragedy and I have a new sound effect for whenever he comes up. I knew you were going to replace it. Here it is. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. You don't even need all the the lead in. You just need the bong bong... Well, uh, yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was thinking yeah, going paraphrasing forward. a sound effect. Well, kind of like how we don't use ooh, ooh, ooh's name. I think we should never use his name. Every time his, uh, every time we're going to say his name, it would be. Right. Yes. That's excellent, dude. I'm, I'm blown yeah. away. That's, that's a great choice. Thank you. Thank if, you. Also, I should have, I should have done this before. I should have done this before getting into the new sound effect, but I think it's only appropriate to have a 10 bowl, a 10 bell for the ruthless aggression. And I have here, we're doing our first ever analog sound effects. I have an actual bell. <laughs> what the fuck? I put a picture of it on Twitter earlier. Yeah, if you're watching this on the video, you can see You're kidding about uh, the production value. And here we go. Farewell, Ruthless Aggression. We salute you. <laughs> Some of those rings were pathetic. So I know. Well, I was using a screwdriver. I don't have an actual hammer. It's an actual ring bell. But, you know, I think it's a school bell because um, it has wires coming out of it that I assume control it. It's it's attached to like a metal piece of sheet metal. So, Paul oh, dude, fo- we need to put a button on there. 
I'm sure I could rig something up. We Yeah, we should totally do that. Rig something up I'll so that you I... have a button on your desk that when you push it, that bell rings. I'll get like a pneumatic uh, yes. hammer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, really quick. So Orndorff dies. Sheik dies. Poffo dies. A few other celebrities near and dear die. When an era ends, you get an actual bell with 10 count. When one of my favorite sound effects dies, yes. And you get taps right. played on the bagpipe. Should yeah. we do another one for Carl Weathers? Carl Weathers. Oh, I Weathers. forgot about Carl Weathers. Fuck, um, no, I'm not going to do a whole 10 bell for Carl Weathers, but goddamn, he was fucking great. Um, I actually forgot he died, and I had someone else in mind that um, I was going to mention, but also not give a 10 bell to. But um, yeah, I love Carl Weathers, dude. You know how much I love the, the Rocky movies are my favorite movie right. franchise. Right. We have all these plans in Philly to go see the bar and the, you know, I mean, a few, a bunch of things are torn down, but I'm definitely doing a Rocky tour. We're going to eat at the restaurant from Adrian's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hearing the Carl Weathers die. That was shitty. <clears throat> Yeah, he was, was so great. That movie, that especially in that first movie, dude, that movie was, you know, uh, the baby face is only as good as the heel. But he played that heel character so great because he was not really a heel. You know, you didn't really have any reason to hate him other than he was a little cocky. Yeah, but that was him it. Being just, yeah. So by the time you got to the second movie and especially the third, he was very redeemable. Oh, you totally. Know? Like, yeah, like Clubber Lang could never turn baby face. Nope. But nope. Apollo Creed turned babyface like it was nothing because you already he was kind of a cool heel. You know, he was like a Kevin Nash or Razor Ramon type. Yeah. And that's why four hit so hard when they killed him in the Rocky movie. Oh, it was devastating. Spoiler yeah, but my Carl everybody. Weathers will always be uh, Predator. Uh, yeah. Predator was fucking awesome. Yeah. Was what a cast. dude! So him, Je- him, Jesse and fucking Arnold. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And Bill Duke get fucking so good. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a fucking badass movie. So um, is the there a possibility p- that uh, at least um, Xavier or along with Kofi and or Big E, if he shows up, is Xavier going to be Consequences Creed? I hope. Well, I hope he comes out dressed as Apollo Creed. I hope they all come out dressed as Apollo Creed. That'd be awesome. That yeah. would be fucking amazing if they do that at Mania. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, he obviously that's where he got that name from. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The stage is set. Good call, Adam. Yep. Fingers crossed. Uh, and the last person that we lost since we last recorded is the great, uh, we're all fans of, Jesse Jane. <laughs> I mean, don't Many pretend, don't, don't, have don't, yeah, don't pretend you didn't enjoy some of, some of her. Uh, her uh, oh, God, that sound. <laughs> oh, sorry. 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 I, could, I couldn't help myself. It's like a boot stuck in wet mud. <laughs> And Adam, let's get into the uh, episode. I'm picturing someone working in a Foley studio with like a seal or something, just mushing it around <laughs> or whatever. It's not what I'm picturing. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I actually just remembered her right before we started recording. I Don't ask me why. Nobody, don't ask why. Uh, this week's episode comes to us from our local friend, Chris Geyer who actually had to have this uh, conversation with somebody else through the idea by us. We liked it, so we're going to roll with it. These are matches that you would pop your cherry to. Yeah, so uh, he didn't phrase it to me that way. Scott just came came up with that right before we hit record because uh, you asked what we were going to name the episode. But the idea was if you were going to show a few matches to someone who'd never seen wrestling before, to get him into it or to show him what it's all about, what matches would you show? And I should have, you know what? I should have brought up the, the 
the comedy left me on YouTube because he said which matches he would do. But um, poor planning on my part as usual. It happens. It happens. But um, so we're gonna do the you know go around the room type thing. Um, Adam, do you want? I'm really interested in yours because you started with a totally different era than Scott and I did. So I'm really interested. I like. I feel in like what I could direction maybe guess I'll a, go. I feel like I could guess one or two of Scott's, and he thinks we're gonna have at least one of the same. I don't. Um, but I'm really interested to see what matches you have. Okay. All right. Nice. So, um, am I doing all three or just one? No, no, do one at a time. Okay. All right. So, we each uh, have three. Uh, I had a few in consideration, but these are the three that I'm going to stick with. First one, Andre and Hogan at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. I, WrestleMania wow. three? Oh, yes. Got it. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be, Russell, not gonna be Hogan Laundry at four with the fucking double DQ. <laughs> I had to clarify, and, dude. And seven minutes of, of match. <laughs> That'd be funny, though. I mean, could yeah. Be a good oh, yeah. I mean, that I would say like that iconic, that iconic slam and maybe just the story story of like a David and Goliath setting. You're going to see two people go at it and you just don't know what's going to happen. And. I'm figuring that's your welcome to this wrestling world. What I would uh, say is the biggest match of all time, too, Adam. I wouldn't argue that at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can still say that because I think that was a match like, I don't know, whatever. There's always arguments about how many people were at every show and blah, blah, blah. So forget how many people were in the building. But a match that so many people were watching and so many people who hadn't even watched wrestling. It, it was a good match for that. Adam's right. Because a lot of people that would have been their first show they'd ever seen. Cause there was just so much hype around it. Like it was the biggest, it was like wrestling, like really when it really, when it took off and that was like, I mean, it had taken off two years before, but it really fucking hit it. I don't know if I want to say it's peak, but it went crazy with that you know that was the biggest angle it's a key figure that put that brought it to not just wrestling fans eyes but just into pop culture in general and and i i like that point of forget uh, how many people were there it's like it could have been in a regular basketball or hockey arena or a football arena like or a football stadium like this was it's up to the wrestlers in the match to make the match as memorable as it is. And they just have, it's just that they happen to do this on WrestleMania. One of the most talked about uh, events ever. And yeah, just, I think just that concept of uh, Hogan can, can really slay a giant. He didn't slay him per se, according to Hogan, but he could slay a no, giant. He died, he died a few. He, he died. Did. Andre like died a few days day. later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every After muscle Hogan torn in his back. back. Yeah. yeah. Right. But the <laughs> but the concept that you can on that big of a stage, you could do that. Anybody who wants to pursue gives them a little bit of hope, or if they wanted to give, yeah, continue on with wrestling. It's yeah, back the wrestler that you want. Go crazy for who you want and. I think that's the best way to welcome him into it. I completely agree. Yeah, I think anybody who's never even... I think you could never have seen wrestling and watch that and get into it, you know? Just... 
Uh, I wish they would have done better video packages back then. Like, imagine if they had the video packages then that oh, they have dude. now. Woo. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to see them actually take a stab at that. Like, that do would a be video cool. Yeah, somebody should. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised if someone on YouTube has made something like that. But I mean, you could yeah, make a lot awesome, of reshoots. You know, and, yeah. Um, yeah, because they were still like, their shows were still pretty, you know, rudimentary compared to now. Yeah. Um, so if they'd done something like that, imagine the hype. You would have, you know, you play that uh, on uh, the last step on Superstars and Wrestling Challenge the weekend before. Right. It's the and last thing right in before your before brain match. before the pay-per-view, dude. And oh, exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. They got to hype the shit out of that. They could have even shown old Andre stuff, you know. Oh, I guess you don't want to show old Andre stuff because then you look like an old man. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. show Andre, Andre doing the bonsai drop off the top rope in the cage and then fucking right. show him, show him being carried to the ring in a, uh, in a mini ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It might, it, that might have backfired, but they could have done something really cool, and that just was the time. But um, yeah, I think that's a great pick. And actually, Scott, that's one of the ones that I th- thought you expected us to both have. I thought you would have this, and you thought I would have it. No, no, no. I thought you were going to have a different match. Okay. I, well, I gave Adam two. This was one of the two. Okay. Got Can it. Can confirm. All right. You want to okay. go next? Or you want me to? Yeah, I'll go next, and it actually piggybacks right off of Adams. Okay. Um, I went with Hogan and Andre. But the one from two days ago, 36 years ago, ah, the main event, Andre the Giant with Ted DiBiase and Virgil in his corner against Hulk Hogan on a Friday night's The Main Event, mm-hmm. where 33 million people watched this match. It's, I mean, yeah. we, I, I consider WrestleMania 3 Hogan-Andre to be the biggest match of all time. Considering the amount of eyes that were on this match... Mm-hmm. I think you could put this up there as well. I mean, you do Nitro and Raw on their best nights together. Combine those numbers. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you're hitting 33 million. Oh, fuck no. no. If you did Nitro's, if you put Nitro's best night and Raw's best night and combined them, you're talking 14, 15 million. You're talking less than half. This was double of, that. Of that. Yeah. Insane yeah. amount of eyes on this. And it helped. It was in a primetime slot, a Friday mm-hmm. night. It was Hogan. It was Andre, two of the biggest names that have ever done it. Uh, and as Adam pointed out earlier, he said it perfectly. And I had the same thing in my notes on this match, a whole like David versus Goliath kind of thing, right? Like yeah. not that Hogan is David by any stretch, really, but like you've got the smaller guy versus the bigger guy. And it was a gigantic match with gigantic stakes. And the reason I would suggest this one over three is because it had all the shenanigans that go along with wrestling. Yeah. Right? You've yeah. got the recognizable talents in the ring that people know, but then you've got the whole twin referee situation, right? And it was just mind-blowing when it happened. So just to kind of, as like an introduction, hey, here's all the crazy shit that can go on in a wrestling match. And by the way, two of the biggest names of all time are in it as well. And also, 33 million people at the same time were watching this show. That would be my leadoff, leadoff batter. To break the cherry. I think that's a good one. I like that. Um, To put 33 million people into perspective, that would be today about one in 10 people in the country watching that. Isn't that insane that that many people are watching wrestling? And this is in 1988, right? Yeah, the wrestling the population... boom really kicked off like 85, the whole yeah. rock and wrestling thing. This is three years after that. Yeah, and, and I can't do the math, but if you looked at the population of the country in 1988... It's going to be way less, so it'd be more. It'd be much more than one in ten people. So yeah, like, yeah, it's like one was... in every like six, seven households were watching this match. Yeah, it was yeah. on the no, news. No, dude. Not, do you remember not that households? Huh? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, you're right. It would be however people, many, but people. This yeah. was on the news. Channel yes. four yeah. actually, like after the show, after the the match had ended, it was off the air. 
<coughs> excuse me, the 11 o'clock news came on. This was a like a headline on Channel yeah. 4 News that Hulk Hogan had lost his title. That's yeah. nuts. It was like right. a national tragedy had gone down, dude, and they're fucking going over Hogan losing the belt. Oh, yeah, dude. It was, yeah, they treated it like it was fucking 9-11. <laughs> dude, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That this it made was, the news yeah. was insane. That's definitely because that's like right. I was a kid, you know, I would have been eight when this happened and eight or seven. I would have been seven. I turned eight in August that year. I would have been seven. This and that Hogan Orndorff cage match are like my two earliest because I like have the Hogan cage match and then kind of nothing in between. You know what I mean? I don't really yeah. remember much in between just because I was so young. But right. you don't forget shit like that. I mean, yeah, you have a referee had plastic surgery to look like the other referee's <laughs> ugly ass. Yes. And then you got Hogan fucking suplexes Virgil on the floor. Um, you know what I mean? Ted DiBiase's involved. You got Heenan out there. Yeah. Uh, you're right. The shenanigans surrounding it. Um, it was so, it was so well done. I almost want to say in a way that shenanigans like that could turn someone off to wrestling. Like, oh, this is stupid. But it was so well done that night. I don't it was. think it would. You know, I think this would get someone's attention and get them to be. It definitely would be like, oh, shit. Hold on. I unplugged my headphones. Oh, he must be I so embarrassed, Adam. He's it definitely would be the kind of thing that someone would be like, well, what happened next? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It felt yeah. like all was wrong with the world. Like it, it went off of its axis when Hogan lost the title, right? Because, <laughs> well, when I got into wrestling, Hogan was it. He was the man. He was the yes. champion. And yeah. he had been champion the entire time. You thought he was literally invincible. Nobody could touch him. Nobody's grabbing that belt. And when Andre beat him, it, it was just it, 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 like your world got mind blowing. Yeah, mind it blowing. was. Yeah, mind blowing is the best word. Like thirteen year old me was like, "Dude, what the fuck just happened? This yeah. is insane." The next moment right. like that was when Mike Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. But this was yeah, the first was time I was too. like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like just a total shocker. So that's my leadoff yeah. batter. All right, that's a good one. That's a, I would have never thought of that one. Um, that's a really good one. Okay, so I approached mine from, I wanted a variety of types of matches. So I wanted to get something different out of every match. Um, I didn't want to just go with matches that are good or matches that I like. I wanted people to take something away. Some, I wanted people to take something different away from each of my three matches. So I started out with just a really good athletic technical wrestling match. And this is a match that was my favorite for a long time, probably 12, 13 years. Um, do you know what this is, Scott? Yeah, Bret Hart and Tom McGee. <laughs> That's the one. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but it is Bret Hart. It's Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam 91. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. So this would have been, I would have been like 13 at this point. And this is kind of when I'm getting to the age where I where I can appreciate a wrestling match that's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know yeah. uh, it's not just like Hogan won or the Rockers won. Uh, it, that wasn't, it wasn't anymore where like that was what made a match good to me. It wasn't it was faces like, and heels. It was actual like a wrestling match between it was, two dudes who can fucking go. Yeah, I could recognize what was a good match at this point. And yes. this is like the yes. first, this has got to be the first one I remember. Look, even looking back, I mean, besides Steamboat and Savage, I don't think there was a match this good in the eighties, you know, or up, up to this point, you know, from the time Vince took over up to this point, I don't think there was ever a match this good besides steamboat and savage. Maybe in the WWF. Yeah. Yeah. In the WWF. Got it. Maybe the You're... rockers Norian express, um, at that rumble. 90, different. I think uh, different. This was um, a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. This is a one-on-one -on -one match. That but changes just a, things. But what a fucking match, dude. Um, totally agree. A story. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Perfect. He'd had the title since November. He won it from Kerry Von Eric. 
And um, there wasn't really that big of an angle. It was just that Brett was getting a push. Um, this is in the steroids trial era. Yeah. So it was like, hey, uh, we got to push some smaller fucking guys. Yep. Because um, I'm trying to think. Hogan was gone 91. When, did, when was Hogan gone for? Hogan was there for only one more year, right? This would have been after seven. He was only there till eight. Yeah, he disappeared for a while after eight, came back at nine, and yeah. then that was pretty much it, dude. He won that title from Yokozuna, and after King of the Ring 93, he was gone. Yeah, so he was on his way to getting phased out. I yes, think correct. Warrior was gone at this point. Correct. So it was like, okay, let's get let's put more focus on the smaller guys. And I mean, Mr. Perfect, there was always the smaller guys that had the icy title, but they really put a lot of emphasis on this match and this feud. Right. Even though there wasn't much to the feud, it was just Brett's the number one contender. Uh, correction, um, Warrior was still there. This was his last match until WrestleMania 8. You're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was this the night he's he trying Vince to stand up, right? up Vince, and Vince said, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I couldn't wait to fire him. Oh wait, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh wait, you mean uh, when he when a uh, warrior tried to hold up? Oh, why is there a delay on my sound effects? Oh, because <laughs> oh, I had the okay night one. There it is. I had turned the volume down. I forgot. Um, but um, so that was it. And Mister Perfect had been since he'd been there pushed as an insanely good technical wrestler, which he was. Brett was a tag guy, um, but he was known as the wrestler of the team. Anvil was the muscle. That's correct. So you knew it was just two guys who were really goddamn good in there. And yeah. I love the story of the match. It was from the start, Brett was outworking him. He he countered everything that Mr. Perfect did. You know, Perfect was just like pissed. He just couldn't, he didn't know what to do. He couldn't figure Brett out. Brett just and Brett had Perfect completely figured out. And I don't think um, anybody it, expected Brett to win. I don't think so. I don't know that I did. I mean, it's so long ago, I don't remember. But he was definitely the underdog going into that because Mr. Perfect had right. that win streak, right? That lasted for like over a year when he first started. Well, and started. as you stated, Brett was coming out of a tag team, a very successful tag team, two-time tag mm -hmm. team champion tag team, the Hart Foundation. He was right. coming out of that and there's like, okay, he's going to be a singles guy now. Typically, that doesn't work out too well. So you're thinking, okay, he's going to get a few title matches. They're going to phase him out. He'll be a mid-card guy the rest of his life uh, yeah. or the rest of his career. And yeah, dude, this, this was his... Like coming out party. It's coming out party. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. This was a great showcase for Brett. Yeah. Um. And it got to the point where Mr. Perfect like tried to leave. He was like, "Fuck this." Yeah. He just started to leave. He walked up the aisle. You know, like I'm gonna take the count out because I can't deal with this shit. Um. Not today. And Brett, you know, grabs and puts him back in the ring. And it was really, really good baby face and heel work, which I don't want to say is necessarily a lost art, but you don't see it as much as you used to. Yeah, um, agree. WWE's better about it. AEW really lacks it in a lot of time in a lot of matches. Is there even um, such a thing in AEW with heels and faces and that whole element during a match? I don't, I don't know. Cause I, honestly, I don't watch the product, but it seems to me, it's just, it all kind of bleeds on itself. Like there's just I, no, there's I no mean, you have your few guys who you have your couple guys who can really do it. MJF can really work like a heel. Daniel Bryan can really work as a heel or a baby face. Um, edge you know guys christian is a great fucking heel but a lot of the younger guys just i don't know if they don't know how but or they just don't bother to a lot of it i think is a lot of i think guys want to do cool shit in the ring whether they're a heel or babyface so yeah. they're gonna do a dive to the floor yeah. which 25 years ago a heel would never dive to the floor you know yeah, cheer like, or you boo i'm gonna get my shit because that would be considered exactly entertaining the crowd it's rather exactly. overpower your opponent that's your right. way of showing strength yeah, that. but as far as like, you could just put this match on, you could put this match on for someone who's never seen wrestling in their life and they would hate Mr. Perfect. You know, they'd be like, oh, fuck this guy and they'd be rooting for Brett. 
because of the psychology and the way they worked. And that was one of the brilliant parts of it. Agree. Um, and Perfect ended up getting a lot of heat on Brett. He caught him with a cheap shot. That's when he finally took over. And then Brett kicked out of a Perfect Plex, which was great. It was a huge part of the match. Yes. It had only been done... It was only time. It was the first time it ever been done, right? I don't think unless ever Hogan kicked, kicked out of a perfect plex, I don't remember. But you didn't see people kick Hogan out might of have on Saturday's moves. main event. Yeah, but back then finishers were so protected that you mm-hmm. know they had that conversation before, like, "Hey, I'm going to hit you with the perfect plex, kick out, yeah. Brett." Yeah, yeah, that's a um, big deal. Lo- oh, totally, yeah, and it had a really cool finish. I love the finish. Um, Brett's on his back. Perfect grabs his feet, lifts his feet up in the air, and he's going to leg drop his dick. Brett catches his leg, turns him over to a sharpshooter and wins. And it was just such a cool finish. First time I'd ever seen that. I mean, yeah. he'd only been using the sharpshooter for two months at that point, I guess. But um, just to reverse, I don't know if I'd ever seen anyone reverse anything into a fin- into a submission before at that point. Yeah, it was you amazing. Know? Such a great yeah. match. A great call, dude. Yeah, and Brett, good uh, Brett said um, that Mr. Perfect was his favorite opponent ever. Oh, Okay. Yeah, not not necessarily that match. He didn't single out that match, but he said his favorite person to wrestle was Mr. Perfect. There you go. And I actually have a theory as to why Perfect actually did lose that match. Was his back fucked? No, Bobby Heenan wasn't his manager. It was Coach. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Coach yeah. No, is no Heenan, substitute for Bobby Heenan. You're fucking losing, dude. That's right. That's right. Believe that. You're up, Adam. Number two on my list. At the Sky Dome in Toronto, WrestleMania X8, Hogan versus Rock. Okay, that's Adam one of mine. Adam with two Hogan matches. That's yeah. one of mine. Oh, you have that one. Okay, I have that one as well. So we're killing two birds with one stone here. Did you Did you think I was going to have that one? I did. Yeah, that was the I one I thought it. you were going to have. I considered you should it. Should have texted with a, me so I could confirm to Eddie's. I but. <laughs> I went with a different one for the same reason I would have gone with this this one. But uh, go okay, ahead. Okay, yeah, this is the one I thought we were going to bleed over on. Turns out it was Adam. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. M- makes sense. But so, like, for my era, I mean, I didn't watch Hogan in the in the nineties per se, but I was definitely aware of him. And then finally getting the in my biggest rock fandom. Yeah, this calls for it. In my biggest rock fandom, it's as build, this really is icon versus icon. Yeah. And I'm in my young head, I'm just trying to figure, oh my God, this really is a crazy hyped up match. I would figure maybe in theory would get the same news coverage that uh, you were mentioning about uh, Hogan losing to Andre. Um, but but still, it's as big. And then when I would eventually watch that match, even though I didn't have pay per view, it was always I had to wait to go to someone's house and they recorded it, and then they'd show me. Finally, feeling that crowd. Yes, that that crowd and the noise, and even even the build poster of just the stare down between the two. And then actually having that stare down, just realizing doing that whole thing, just just dawning on everybody, you cannot have a bigger match than this. This is I'd introduce this to someone as like Hogan's a wrestler, but this is a big pop culture moment for wrestling fans, for entertainment fans. They're about to have a wild ride on this one. Like just Clash of Titans, Clash of Superstars as well. And, so yeah. And, 
and you're right about the crowd. I mean, I was there. We've we've reviewed this uh, show, and I fully expect to never be in a crowd hotter than that. You know, we're go- we're going to be at Roman and Rock in a couple months, and it's not going to be it's Cena and Rock wasn't that hot. Roman and Rock's not going to be that hot. I don't know, I don't, dude. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. I, well, maybe they never may say that, ever, They may never say never. Turn. If there ever is going to be a match, it would be this one, I guess, because the way the crowd turned on them, because I told you that a couple, the way they did that segment on SmackDown, I was like, either they're trying to get people mad at Rock or they totally yep. fucked the segment up. I don't know which one and we'll see. Or, you right. know, they can always change lanes midway through, too. Here we are 22 years later. You could see the same exact thing happen that happened in Hogan Rock happen in yeah. Rock and Reigns. The only difference is everybody was booing Hogan until that night. You know what I mean? For the most part. Yeah, Everyone he was lo- still heel, but Canada mm-hmm. just turned it around. And that's actually, Adam brought it up about the crowd. That's one of the reasons that I chose this as my second match is, okay, in the first match, you, sh- you saw like the giants of wrestling going at it. Now you're going to see the effect that a crowd can have mm-hmm. on a match. Yeah. And not only did they amplify to where when you watch that stare down that Adam was talking about, you watch that, you get goosebumps. Not only did it affect the wrestlers, it's a, it affects you as a fan watching on TV, but it affected how they performed during the match. They actually mm-hmm. switched roles. You had yeah. Hogan wrestling as a face, Rock wrestling as a heel because of that crowd. And that's why I chose this as my second match. It's like, this is how a crowd can kind of take over a match and not necessarily dictate the outcome, but can dictate the middle from beginning to end we can dictate dictate how the match goes and how it's actually perceived on tv to people watching it yeah um and they it wasn't just one turn either i mean it was like hogan turned from heel to face early on in the match then he turned heel again later on and rock rolled with it and the crowd responded to it Yes. And then by the end, Hogan was a baby face again at the end of the match when he's, uh, you know, after he lost. Yeah. Um, it was really, I mean, it was a fucking, talk about roller coasters. That was a fucking roller coaster, that match. It was really a back and forth. And uh, two guys, you couldn't get, Rock was, Rock hadn't been in the business that damn long at that point, if you think about it. What? You know, he was nowhere eight, near Hogan. Uh, not even eight years yet. It was more like six or seven years tops. I think his first WrestleMania was 13. Well, right? yeah, but he, he debuted at Survivor Series 96. Okay, this was so in yeah, his first WrestleMania would have been 13. Yeah. So he, this is his fifth WrestleMania. So yeah, he was, he'd was he been there at that point five and a half years. Less, yeah, about five and a half years. Yeah, and was know? already that That's good. Insane. So the, to, the fact, like Adam said earlier, it was icon versus icon. Mm-hmm. Rockhead in five or six years had already established, established himself to where, yes, this dude is an icon. And where yeah, that term big, got overused a lot, he yeah. was already it, dude. Yeah, he was a star on Hogan's level. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, point. and it's mm-hmm. it's... It's too bad we didn't get Prime Hogan, but yeah. this version of Hogan could still fucking go. Dude, that was Hogan's best match anyway. If you think about it, even Prime Hogan, go back to, you know, 84 through 89 or whatever you want to call Hogan's prime years. People say his Japan stuff. His Japan huh? stuff is so different from his WWF stuff. Well, okay. His, his okay. Japan series of matches. So, like, if you throw those out, I yeah. would say you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really look back at Hogan's matches and they were cool, but nothing. I don't think any of his matches. I mean, maybe on some random house show in Topeka, he had a fucking killer match <laughs> with fucking Hercules or something. But if you think, <laughs> like, look at pay-per-views, because I mean, how many pay-per-views was he really on 
in his first WWE run because he only did four yeah. a year. Four he was year. on exactly. 20, 20, yeah. 24. Yeah, um, and then he hits WCW and he's doing like 12 a year. Yeah, until he was doing three a year with that contract or four a year, whatever it was. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and he was, <laughs> and he was still making like fucking six million a year or whatever. Yeah, because he's shit. headlining every single one of them. Yeah, but uh, that's a good pick. That was a great match. I mean, I think any, I think it's another match, one of those matches where you can come in, never watch wrestling, but you, of course, know who these two guys are and just the way they handle Get themselves. Get them acclimated into what the wrestling atmosphere can really create. Totally, yeah. totally. A hundred percent, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. really why I chose this was that whole fan element of just not necessarily hijacking a match, but enhancing it. Enhancing it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those two created magic that night. Oh, and and you were there, Eddie. We didn't even, you were in the crowd and I have in my notes, like if this, if you go back and watch it now, 22 years later, if you go back and watch it now and you don't get goosebumps during that, that stare off or that face off between these guys where Adam was like, they're looking to the crowd and looking back the other way. If you don't get goosebumps, check your fucking pulse, dude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. It's such a moment. I've been to 20 WrestleMania since and there hasn't been anything like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an incredible match. It really yeah. is for so many reasons. Okay, before I get to my next one, which is actually out of WrestleMania, I'm gonna grab a beer. So, um, also occupy yourselves. I'll be and right also, back. really quick, Twice shout out to our friends in Topeka. I'm not saying that bad matches can happen in Topeka. <laughs> I'm sure, fantastic matches happen in Topeka. Yeah, apparently they're getting yeah. gems that we haven't seen yet. I know Hogan's that, best matches. That's gonna apparently that's gonna be our next Topeka. episode. Best back matches already. that have taken place in Topeka. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got so I got a raw one from '96. I got a SmackDown one from uh, from '08, and then if there are any listeners in Topeka that have seen some gems, let us yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they even do TV in Topeka. I don't know what. Uh, I have no idea how. I couldn't even tell you how big of a city Topeka is. I'm a bigger fan of Topanga. Topanga, is that the chick Topanga. who does porn now? Who's the chick who does porn now? Uh, no, the t- no, no, no. The thinking- it's the redhead from that show. She was in. She's on the same show. The last two, three seasons. But yeah, okay. Ward, she was on that. I heard she that was on the friend. Topanga show. I never watched that show. I'm more I of a fan of her show. later work. I love that show. <laughs> She's really developed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. So how many um, how many uh, adult stars have you now mentioned in this show? Two, but I can keep going. <laughs> Rule of Should threes. Should we do a ten Come stroke on. salute? A ten, oh! a ten stroke salute. I kind of already did it earlier with uh, with uh, just. <laughs> yeah, that's enough of that. <laughs> I'm glad you added a cheek clapping sound effect. Well done. Condolences a, well, I, to. I guess it does kind of sound like that. I was thinking of a more stroking sound. And her family and everything. <laughs> like you yes. said, like a mud, like a boot in mud. A boot stuck in wet mud. Yeah. Yeah. Boot stuck in wet mud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next one. So with this one, so I wanted one where someone could watch it and be like, "Oh God damn, these guys really beat the shit out of each other." Mm. Um. I didn't want a hardcore match because I think a hardcore match could kind of turn someone off to wrestling. You know, I think it could be some hardcore matches are just stupid. There are some really fucking good ones, but a lot of them are just dumb, you know. Agree. Yes. Ignorant, ignorant fucking garbage shit. Um, so I didn't necessarily want to go with a hardcore one, but I wanted to go with something hard hitting, you know, something where you're like, oh, I thought wrestling was fake. You know what I mean? Um, I almost went with one of my favorite like deep track matches 
um, I actually bought it before there was before the network launch. I bought it on iTunes because you used to be able to buy single matches. Um, Big Show versus Sheamus at I believe it was mm. Hell in a Cell 2013. Yeah, I just thought that was such a cool match. It's my favorite Big Show match. Um, my it's one of my favorite Sheamus matches. And then I also almost went with um, remember when Cesaro um did that uh best of seven with oh um, with Sheamus with Sheamus, with Sheamus. yeah they, yeah they created the bar. Right, and they did that last match that went to a draw or whatever. And I remember you texted me; you were watching it ahead of me on the pay per view. I was like a little bit behind. You're like they're literally beating the shit of each other out of this, out of each other in this match. Dude, it was insane. Yeah, those they guys could beat the shit go. out of each other. Yeah. So I almost went with that one, and the reason I went with this one instead was it just I think the atmosphere of it adds to it because it's at WrestleMania. I'm going with Drew versus Gunther versus Sheamus from last year. Great call, dude. They, Great call. They beat be shit out of each other <laughs> they they did they really they i mean honestly that's c- kind of all i have to say i don't really have a whole lot to say about it it was three guys it wasn't necessarily a great story generally i'm not a huge fan of triple threat matches because they're kind of silly where a guy takes a fall over the top rope and he's down for five minutes yeah these guys kind of stayed away from that they didn't do a whole lot of that um they fucking worked three, their asses off, dude. They worked their asses off. They were like, we're going out there and we're stealing the fucking show. And to me, yes. they did. This was my favorite match of the weekend. Um, I just thought it was so cool. We Adam and I were there and there were a couple of those Gunther chops that we could hear, dude. And yeah. we were in the 200 no level. Joke. We were a long fucking way away and we could hear them. Um, I mean, they just hit the sh- hit each other hard. They got in there. Everything looked real. And going back and watching it on TV, it didn't look nothing looked fake or set up or they didn't or do anything stupid. Yeah. Um, and Gimmicky. all three guys are great. Um, Drew's probably like my least favorite of them, but um, that's more his character than what he does in the ring. He's great in the ring and I love his style. Maybe always, like just by comparison, not saying it's yeah. a hatred or anything. It's just, yeah, yeah, no, he's fine. Yeah. He's, he's, he's great. He's just not, I like the other two guys better. Um, and Seamus, I've always loved watching that guy wrestle. He just fucking beats people up. You know, yep. he's exactly what he says. He he does exactly what he says he does. Um, Gunther took a minute for me. He grew on me. I remember his first match, he like somehow tripped and hit his head on the second rope. And I was like, oh, this guy's clumsy. <laughs> like he just looked kind of awkward. He was like a cow on ice the first time I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> and then he really, he won me over when he had that match with Ilya Dragunov in NXT. Yes. Yep. And I was like, oh, both these dudes are bad motherfuckers. And I've been a big Gunther yep. fan ever since then. And he lost and some of that sloppiness. Now. He lost some of that sloppiness. And I don't know if it has to do with him having lost weight. It actually could have been. He might It might have been because he was wrestling in a 20-foot ring suddenly. And he was used to a 16-foot ring. Um, you know, so it might have been a little bit of that, uh, getting his right. timing right and his, you know, uh, spatial awareness right. Whatever it was, he fucking... The dude is awesome now. I always had the sense that he was really throwing a lot of weight around. And then after the weight loss and then just even just being brought up to the to the main roster, his technical skill has just gone through the roof. Yeah, he's no joke. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to main event of WrestleMania. Um, he's going to be world champion. He's going to have a long reign as world champion one of these days. I wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I'd love to see Gunther. Well, we thought we were going to see Gunther versus Brock this year. But uh, that didn't happen. That's which, not happening. Um, yeah, which whatever. Good. I'm glad. Good. Brock can fuck himself. Right. Um, I'm Agreed. glad he's gone. Yeah. Yep. Um, he can go back to fucking Saskatchewan with his cows. His fucking Lego head. Yeah. His stupid Lego head. Um, 
Shout out to our listeners but, in Saskatchewan. Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not I'm not referring to Sable when I say his cows. Um <laughs> But um <laughs> a Gunther one day. I would love to see Gunther versus Braun Breaker at WrestleMania one day. Oh dude, fuck yeah. Right? Yeah, that'd be badass. Fuck yeah. So that's my second yeah. match. Very good. I like it, dude. I thought you were gonna go Roman and Brock for a second when you said it was a WrestleMania hard hitting. That was another one I considered. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I Good remember, pick, dude. I love it. I want to say, like, on my social media at the time and just saying it out loud at the time as that match is starting, these three are about to beat the living shit out of each other. It's going to mm-hmm. be a fucking ride. Boy, yep. did they deliver. All right. For my th- my third match, I went with what I would say would be the match that if someone presented this to me, this would hook me in because I would say this is the one that really did hook me in. It would be uh, the the four-way TLC match on SmackDown in 2001. First one ever on broadcast television. Edge and Christian, Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys versus Chris Jericho and... <laughs> Mm. Yep. I remember that match. That was a fucking awesome match. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense that you would go with that TLC match too because you wouldn't have seen the WrestleMania or SummerSlam ones. Right. I mean, right, because they were on pay per view. Yeah. Pay per view, same thing. Uh, I had to find out the results from friends. Those that did record it, I would watch it later after the fact. I remember this one watching live. This is back on fucking UPN. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> Yeah, this was before the whole CW shit and everything. But yeah. but yeah, it's so Dun Dun comes out, says uh Triple H just tore his quad. Uh y'all y'all are bloodthirsty now. So guess what? First time on broadcast television, we're having a TLC match. I'm like I wait, hold on a second. I thought TLC matches only happened on pay per views uh, and WrestleMania and SummerSlam and what the hell's happening here? And then they actually followed through with this amazing TLC match where it didn't seem like there were any lulls. Four seemed to be the right amount of teams because as soon as something crazy happens, you could just exhale and then suddenly the next crazy shit happens. Yeah, there weren't a lot of lulls, right? Oh, no, not at all. You got you got concertos. You got bodies falling off of... Uh, uh, off of ladders, you have the EMTs coming out. You have Taz running from the anchor spot to check in on. Uh, uh. That's uh, right. Yeah, you have yeah. Uh, you have uh, Jeff uh, jumping over the thirty foot ladder onto the announce table. Uh, what was it? Uh, Walls of Jericho on edge on top of two ladders. On top of two ladders. Yeah, it was like a car crash. It was like a. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, yeah, it was like, um, yeah. Oh, bodies just. <laughs> Pretty much. And, and this is around <laughs> the time at peak uh, jackass as well, but. Yeah, they were imitating <laughs> jackass. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not this wrong. is the best that you could do without uh, getting MTV. <laughs> but, oh my God, does this match deliver? And like, yeah, Chris has a great concept saying like, if you were going to introduce someone to wrestling this 
I found this on my own, but I would say, yeah, this match pulled this match pulled me in. I, I'll be a wrestling fan. Hell yeah. If this is uh, the crap that's going to happen. The good Great crap call, that's going to happen. Yeah, it's a very specific type of wrestling, but it's fucking yeah. cool. Yeah, it I is. remember that match. I remember that match really well because I thought I was like, man, this might be as good as the other TL, the like the WrestleMania TLC match. Oh, yes. This was, was this before the one at 17 or this is after 17, right? This is because they did the trilogy after 17. first. After yeah, so 17. they did the whole because right. Yeah, yeah, yeah so it, was it was like trying man that. Yeah, this is as good as those three from pay per view. Yeah, so yeah. they had already completed their trilogy. They were done. Yeah, yeah, and, and now it was they, like, oh, this is not like. Doesn't it's not like it doesn't hold up, you know? It was right. Great. Now they brought yep. it to broadcast television, and then I guess just also the concept of yeah, this is definitely not a traditional match, uh, like not a lot of holds and uh, standard moves uh, to out wrestle the guy. This is just violence mm-hmm. on a broadcast network approved level, but executed so well. And that was the yeah. glory days of SmackDown too. Yeah, right. This when was... they did when they did that first brand split, and they put like smack. This is when SmackDown was known as the wrestling show. You know where you got all those guys. You know that you had uh, Edge, you had Eddie Guerrero, you had ooh ooh ooh. I think Angle was over there. Right, um, Angle, Rikishi, Val Venus. Oh, I would mention Rikishi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Stop it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But like, this how many is... fucking classic matches did Rikishi have? This is the Rock's show, <laughs> and Rock is fucking on it. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, SmackDown was fantastic back then. It was definitely like there was always since then there's always been one show's better than the other and it's gone back and forth a billion times. But at that point for the first couple years it was um SmackDown for by far. I thought Smack I loved SmackDown. To this day SmackDown is my bias show like if Raw and SmackDown were coming to town and I had to choose one, I want to watch SmackDown. Yeah. I would yeah. go with, right now I would go with SmackDown. Uh, SmackDown the last year or so has been really good. Yeah, it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for my last match, I cheated. Shocking. What is like, it's like the Valentine's Day episode Uh-oh. last year? I found <laughs> I found a... Uh, okay. We, we, we put that to bed at the clip show. I know, I know. You're right, you're right. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Got to bring up old shit. <laughs> Jason's like, fuck yeah, get him. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to send me that fucking uh, video of you. <laughs> so for my last match or as I cheated matches we actually did a show on this and uh, this was actually what I chose as my second Hogan and Rock was my third I chose this as my second match Eddie for the same reason that you chose your first match I wanted to put two technical guys in the ring that knew what the fuck they were doing and just told a great story with just the two of them. So I chose the Flair and Steamboat trilogy from 1989. So that's three matches, not two. It is, but you can take your pick of which one you want to show. Each match okay. was different in its own right. Yeah. Um. So take your pick, person who's cherry on popping. Chi-Town <laughs> Rumble. Clash of Champions 6, which was a two out of three falls match I want to throw in. And Wrestle War, Music City Showdown, those are all from 1989. That is two of the best who have ever laced them up. Uh, if those, if both those guys are on your Mount Rushmore, I can't even argue with it. Because, I, I mean, if I don't have 
three matches that I'm throwing to somebody to watch for the first time ever that are going to get into wrestling. If I don't have Steamboat in that, if I don't have Flair in that, I'm doing something wrong. And here they are together, two of the best that have ever done it, that can tell an amazing story. One is trying to blow the other up. That was their competition when they would get into the ring. So that is, uh, that's my pick. for uh, That would actually be my second match that I would show. And I would let them choose which one they wanted to watch because they're all great. They are all great, and I don't remember uh, if anyone hasn't heard that. Go back and listen to uh, we. Yeah, we did do an episode on that trilogy. We kind of reviewed all three matches. Yeah, so I don't want to beat a dead horse, right? Like we've we've covered that in depth. Yeah, um, yeah. You, you can might go have back to find, and check that out. You might have to find it on YouTube. It's probably too old. It's um, on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I doubt it's on the podcast platforms anymore. I think it was no. before the first gone. Oh, this, yeah, yeah, but it's like on YouTube. Sixty something. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember which. I want to say the second one was my favorite, but I can't remember now. I remember there was definitely one that like really, they were all fantastic, like you said, but there was one that I really liked the best. And I, I can't remember which one it was now, but I think it was the second one. Uh, Jim Ross actually raved about these and he loved that each match kind of told a different story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, he said that the second match hurt because it was in the Superdome, brother. And that's that could seat 60,000 people. Uh-huh. And they had like five or 6,000 people there. Right, they did the thing where they they um yeah Use they put them all in. they they cut the stadium in half right they like put yeah. like a curtain across it or something at the fifty yeah. yard line yeah yes. they put everyone at one end yeah that's to make it look full and that's mm-hmm. he said that that kind of hurt the match in his opinion because as we we frequently talked about in the show the crowd can really make a difference in what you're seeing on TV yeah so he felt that the crowd didn't really do that match justice but uh, if I'm gonna suggest any any matches to somebody. It's got to have flair. It's got to have steamboat. And here it is. The two of them together. Take your pick which one we're going to watch because they're all just fucking fantastic. Yeah, they are. I, I completely agree. Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with any of the three of them. Yeah, just fucking workhorses. It's going to show you what a great wrestling match is. Just like Perfect and Brett did. These guys do it too. And that's it. That rounds out my top three. But uh, I've actually got some honorable mentions to throw it at the end. Uh, yeah, so do I. Um but uh, yeah, before before we move on, if anybody wants to watch those, just Google Flare Steamboat Trilogy. But it was Chi-Town Rumble, Music City, something. Uh, yeah, Chi-Town Rumble, Clash of Champions 6, and Wrestle War, Music City Showdown. And the they're all on Pacock. Cla- yes, and the Clash of yeah. Champions 6 is a two out of three fall match. Okay, yeah, so I, everybody should watch all three of those matches. And I the best part from- is there's no outside interference. It's just no, the two of no, them just two guys having got a fucking there and did their fantastic thing. match. Yeah. From no what I recall, I want to say maybe the first or second were my <laughs> favorites, just because the the judging element in the third one kind of distracted me. Yeah. And then there was the point. Uh, Eddie, Wait, wasn't po- Johnny Weaver a judge? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think Eddie pointed out that on the on the light board screen saying their names, they totally called uh, Ricky Steamboat probably like Rick Steamboat the Dragon. Something, or it was, like it was Rich something Steamboat. weird. Yeah, yeah. Nick <laughs> Steamboat, Nicky Steamboat, or something. Yeah, they <laughs> fucked it up. Yeah, they did. Fu- <laughs> like Dick Steamboat, Dick Steamboat. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Blood. Yeah, <laughs> and Dick Flair. <laughs> it's a battle of the dicks. <laughs> Watch them dock these dicks. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll do my last one um so i had the one that was really good technical wrestling yep i had the one where it was two guys or three guys just beating the fuck out of each other yeah um oh by the way 
Um, my other one that I thought that you thought I was going to have that we were going to both have was Awesome and Tanaka. I'm surprised you didn't have that. Either it's of us was Awesome and Tanaka. That was my okay. It's an honorable that mention. Was, okay, I went with Drew, Sheamus, and Gunther instead of that, um, just because I thought for someone who'd never seen wrestling before, let's leave the chairs and shit out. Well, when you started um, burying hardcore matches, I'm like, okay, he's not going Awesome Tanaka then. But that one would be just like. Okay, here's some fun shit where you can turn your brain off and not have to worry about too much and yeah. just watch some fun stuff happening in the ring. Right. Yeah. Like let's go let's go get a drink first and then we'll come back and watch this match. Five drinks first and then come back and watch this match. Or that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come back that like I'll come too. back to the house. I'll come back like Ted at five AM and put that match on. <laughs> I didn't score, but guess what? I'm still getting a one night stand in. But- Dude, I hope he doesn't remember leaving that message. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be so fucking great. (laughs) See, the shirt Um. worked. (laughs) All right. So mine, so my last one I went with. Call me. What the fuck? (laughs) um, I went with one that had a really good angle, a really good story, um, really good storytelling in the ring. Um, and I, and something with legends, I thought it'd be cool to have one with people that everybody knows, um, like household name types. I went with triple H versus undertaker at WrestleMania 28. Okay. It's sort of, I don't know why that match isn't made a bigger deal out of, you don't really ever hear that. Nobody really talks about that as being any of those guys, best matches or you could probably look up any top 10 WrestleMania matches and it's not going to be on there. I think that match is so I I don't want to say underrated, but overlooked. And I don't. Well, it's not Undertaker's why. best, but it's probably uh, Triple H's best. It's absolutely Triple H's best. Um, yeah, it's not Taker's best. It's but it's definitely Triple H's best. Um, if it's not, it's look, it's Undertaker's top three, but it's yes. Triple H's best. So yeah, absolutely, that's a great call, dude. Plus the yeah. element of Shawn Michaels as ref, and I mean, that added so it was just oh. Yeah, the match wouldn't be nearly as good without Sean if you just had uh, Mike Kyoto in there. Um, you know, I mean, it would have been it would have still been great, but not as good as it was. Sean added so much to it. Yeah, and, I mean, it just um, absolutely enhanced the whole story going into it. It's just like, Mwah, chef's kiss, dude. It's it's mm-hmm. so fucking great. Great call on that. It, yeah, and this is kind of when Undertaker Undertaker really went on a hot streak of having the best WrestleMania match of the night from right. twenty one. From 21, I think, through 29, with the exception of 22. 22, 22 was, yeah. Um, or I guess 21, I shouldn't say he had the best match. Sean and uh, Kurt did. But he had a goddamn good uh, match with uh, Randy Orton. Okay, if he wasn't the best, he was like 1A. Like, just was a 1A. slot under Kurt and Sean, dude. Right. Because that's his a hard at, act to follow. Yeah, his match at yeah. 23 with Batista was incredible. Yes. That's Batista's best match. His match yep. at 24 with Edge was awesome. And yep. then you got 25, you got 26. 27 with Triple H was fucking great. Yep. And then you got this. And then 29 with Punk was my favorite match of the night. And then it was all downhill from there. It, 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 um, that's when everything started to slip. You're absolutely right, dude. But he was at his peak here. Yeah, yeah. In terms um, of WrestleMania matches, he was at his peak. Yeah. And it had such a great story. It was Triple H trying a third time. It was their third WrestleMania match. Yes. And he came so close the year before. And he just couldn't pull it off. And I've never seen the video package sets it up. And, you know, at this point, they are doing those fantastic video packages. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen, besides maybe Hogan Rock, a match with this much emotional investment from the fans. Yeah, like, absolutely. You, uh, these guys are uh, maybe not Triple H, but Sean and Undertaker on everybody's Mount Rushmore. You yes. know. 
Um, a lot of people would say Taker's their favorite of all time. A lot of people would say Sean, you know. Um, but yeah, Taker wants revenge. Or I mean, Triple H wants revenge. Undertaker is Undertaker, and Sean just wants them to both survive. That's the story of the match. <laughs> We're gonna live through this, damn it. And they they beat the shit out of each other. I would say Triple H got much more offense on Taker than Taker did on him. And I mean, he was using sledgehammers, chairs, every fucking thing. And when it really gets good is probably midway through the match where Taker just won't stay down, but under but Triple H can't pin him. And he's just like, he's telling him to stay down. And he's basically telling him, like, stay down or you'll die in this ring. Like, yeah. I will kill you if I have to. I know HBK is concerned because he wants everybody to live. Yeah. And it's like HBK, you know, Undertaker's the guy who retired Shawn Michaels. But Shawn has respect for Undertaker and wants yeah. him to get through the match. Um, and Shawn really made it feel important. You know, it's like him. It's his best friend versus the guy who under, who ended his career. Yeah. Um, and... Sean starts pleading with Undertaker, trying to get him to stay down. And at one point, Sean super kicks him like, yeah, OK, I'm going to get involved. And it's, you know, OK, fine. I'll take care of it myself. I'll super kick him. Triple H, get on him and pin him. <laughs> yeah, just pin him. And it doesn't work and nothing happens. Yeah. And and at the end of the match, it gets to the point. And I remember Carissa was there at this. And this this is this might be her. I'd have to ask her. This might be her favorite match. Is she here? She she went in her office. She I've just seen got her. home. Um, but she's mentioned a lot of times at the end of the match, Triple H is like in the corner and he just gives Undertaker this look like, fine, come on, just fucking do me in. The, you know, just there get she up. Is. Um, hey, you want to talk about the Undertaker and uh, Triple H in the cell? Your favorite part of the match at the end where Triple H just knows he can't beat him and he's like, fine, just come fucking kill me. Oh, um, the one with Shawn Michaels? Yeah, the one with Shawn Michaels. Oh, yeah, that... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I just always say it's like one of the best examples of um, storytelling because when um, Triple H is at the end, like you can see he's defeated before he loses. Like he just in his face, he he knows he's losing and you can see it. It's like very good acting, very good storytelling, um, like the best example I've seen, I think. You know what it reminds me of? They get that shot of Triple H just standing in the corner. He kind of puts his head down and he kind of tells Triple H or tells Undertaker, come on, let's do it. Yeah. It's... Um, it's Rocky when Carl went, when Apollo Creed gets it gets to the end and Rocky I think Rocky goes down and gets back up and they shoot they sh- uh, go to a shot of Apollo in the corner just like putting his head down like fuck why won't this guy stay down yeah. it might have been it was so similar to it I wouldn't be surprised if Triple H got that spot from pulled that inspiration from that yeah yeah it was really like that it really reminded me of that um, and it was such a just a, and it was one of those perfect WWE directing things which I hate Kevin Dunn but. He did have moments of brilliance, and it was like get that shot of Triple H in the corner, looking like just defeated, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was just so good. I, I just love that match. The end of it with them walking up the ramp together—that's right there. If I were to that pick my top five things, to the crowd. yeah, yeah. If I get to pick my top five things that I was there for, that's in my top five. Um, that might be my number two after Hogan Rock. Actually, that's kind of them putting a nice little bow on the Attitude Era. Yeah, it was. And then they fucked it up with that Saudi Arabia show when they got back and had that tag match. Oh, (laughs) fuck. It was a complete disaster. Kane's hair fell off. Nobody um, wants to remember that. No, it was a per. That's you want to remember those guys that way, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I, I love that. And I've said for a long time, I love that WrestleMania 29 match, but this would have been the perfect last match for Undertaker to have had. And I'm glad we got him for another. Fuck, nine years or whatever it was? 
37 was 37 his last match 36 36 37 mm, whatever 36. it was boneyard yeah. yeah yeah i'm glad we got as many years as many more years out of him but if there was ever a match that would have been the perfect way to retire it was this one uh, for triple h too um and triple h still had some really good shit his matches his match at 30 with daniel bryan was great um well, this is where Undertaker peaked for his WrestleMania matches. Like, they didn't get better after this. They all got worse except for the one that was directed in the Boneyard with AJ. I mean, nothing after this was even close to what he did in the cage with Triple H. I think the match with Punk was really, really good. Um, but you're right. I think he peaked. I think it was like 25, 26, 27, 28 would be like the, not the trilogy, but the quadrilogy. Like, those are his best four WrestleMania matches. Uh, yeah. So then the match after this with Punk the next year, that was... Yeah. That was his next best, yeah. but really, like outside of the scripted match or the whole production thing with the Boneyard, yeah. I mean, nothing measured up to this. This was this was peak WrestleMania Undertaker right here, and it was peak WrestleMania. You know, yes, it yes, was one of those definitely. things. This is what WrestleMania is about: is this right. kind of thing. You know, so yep. yeah, I think I would sacrifice the match with Punk for this to have been to have been there and seen him go out uh, with this match. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, okay, you did your honorable mention already, right? Uh, I or had you? two you more. Go ahead. Uh, one of them we kind of already mentioned, Roman Reigns and Brock at WrestleMania mm-hmm. 31. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, hard, as you mentioned, hard hitting and at WrestleMania. And let's throw in the bit of perfect booking that went into that match with them having Seth come in and cash in. The heist of the century. Yeah. 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 Oh, and yes. one... One more that I kind of throw in because it's one of my favorite matches of all time for no other reason. It's kind of a guilty pleasure. Um, I've always been a big fan of tag team matches. So right. to kind of piggyback off of Adam's TLC a little bit in terms of tag team matches, I'm going Dudley's versus Eliminators at ECW Barely Legal 1997. You love that match. I do. It's 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 probably my favorite opener of all time next to the Rockers and Orient Express at Royal yeah. Rumble 91. Uh, it's, it's batshit crazy. It's a Texas tornado rules. And like, if you want an introduction to ECW, start with that. And that will kind of give you, okay, this is where we're starting. It gets crazier Mm -hmm. from here, but it's such a great tag team match. Everybody gets their shit in. It's, it's hard hitting. It's, it's incredible. It's high flying. All four guys work their fucking asses off. Even Cronus. And it's, (laughs) it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah, it's a great match. Yeah, it's really that's just a great pay per view in general, and an awesome way to start it. It's a great way to start off ECW's pay per view history. Yeah, totally. And it was all downhill from there. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> I mean, we we've reviewed like six or seven of them now, and yeah. uh, there have been good ones. There have been shit ones, but uh, yeah, we blame you, Shane have, Douglas. Yeah, right. <laughs> but none <laughs> of them have been, been as good as that. <laughs> Okay, my honorable mention, and I really only, I really almost made this one of mine, and I just watched this match. Um, I watched this, I've seen this match probably more time. I've seen this match more times than there have been years since this match happened, um, which would be 32. I've definitely seen it more than 32 times. The 1992 Royal Rumble. Oh, dude. I yeah. just It's such a cool match. We reviewed it years ago. Uh, so if you guys want to hear about it, uh, check it out. That's probably another one you got to listen to on YouTube. It was so great. You have all the stars because it's 92. It's early 92. So almost all the 80s guys are still there. Yes. So all those dudes from the classic, the first five WrestleManias are still there. It's the golden um, era kind of on their way out. 
It really is. Yeah, it's sort of the yeah, because a lot of those guys would be gone by the '93 Rumble, right? Um, so the roster was great. It has. This was before they had started. This is the first year where there was something on the line for winning the Rumble. Correct. Like, yes. You didn't get the title right. shot till the following year. That's right. But this was the title was on the line because it had been vacated by uh, Jack Tunney's punk ass, and Flair came in. Flair was number three, right? Yes. Flair was number three. And Flair won the whole thing. So this was the beginning of that. Now that's become kind of a thing that happens every few years where someone goes from the beginning. Bailey just did it. Uh, Ray has done it. Ooh, ooh, ooh has done it. Yeah. Lots of people have done it. But Flair was the first one to do it, to go in there and go a full hour and however many minutes. Before it was it, a big deal. Before it was a thing to do. Yeah. Right. And he did the he did probably my favorite promo of his entire career right after it. Uh, that's when Mean Gene yells at someone off camera to put that cigarette out. Put that cigarette out. Yeah, um, it was just such a great to find promo, out that Mr. Flair was legitimately crying. Like, yeah, winning yeah. the WWF World Heavyweight Championship meant that much to him that totally. he was legitimately crying in that promo. And when he says, "With a tear in my eye," he's being a hundred percent honest. There was a legitimate tear in his eye because winning that title meant that much to him. That was yeah. incredible, dude. What a moment! Not knowing that at the time, you go mm-hmm. back and watch it now, you're like, "Oh my god, dude, that's incredible! It's so great." Yeah, it was. It was so cool. And I watch it probably once a fucking year. And back in the oh, day, yeah. it was like, and you know, back in the day, you had just like the VHSs that you recorded from pay-per-views. So you had like, you know, 10, 12, 15 pay-per-views on VHS. So you'd watch a bunch, you know, some of them you'd watch a few times a year. Yeah. So I've seen it a million times. But for me, the best part of it is the commentary. Because you got Gorilla, you got Bobby Heenan. And Bobby Heenan is in rare fucking form. The Dude, guy is it, just. This is his best work on commentary. It's, and it's his not best work. Close. You could. I've always said you could watch. You could put the match on and just listen to it and ha- yep. and enjoy it. You know, and yep. they and they're good. They're good at what they do as far as telling the story of the match. So you could follow the match the way you could follow a hockey game on the radio. You know, um. So it's it's just fantastic. Everything about it. I love everything about it. I love the roster. I love Flair winning. I love Bobby Heenan. I love Gorilla. They are so great together. And that's my honorable mention. They're the best of all time. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla on commentary are the best of all time. And getting to hear them, especially Bobby Heenan at peak Bobby Heenan form, mm-hmm. being complete biased heel Bobby Heenan on commentary during the entirety of the Royal Rumble match itself. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Total and then kudos being to that part card. of the celebration. Yeah. Yes. That and he being, had yes. his hands in not just yep. the commentary, but in the heart of the match in a yes. way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 32 like years that. on, it's still my favorite Rumble. I, I can't even argue that, dude. Yeah. Great call. My That's honor- all I got to say. Oh, go ahead. My honorable mentions. Uh, I have two more for emotional sake and one that really almost made my list. Uh, WrestleMania 35, first women's uh, main event. Ah. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 But I figured because... I was emotionally invested and there, possibly some bias. Then again, my list. I mean, I could be biased if I wanted to, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I really, really considered that one. Uh, Rey Mysterio winning the 2006 Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, I considered that one. Uh, That's but a good the one. one, but the one that really almost made my list. It if. This was almost going to take the place of uh, my TLC match, Mankind Undertaker Hell in a Cell. I almost oh, went with that. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I think Chris. I think Chris. Ha- I think Chris had that. It's so it good. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's yeah, when just, wrestling gets real. That extensive it, it violence element when they're yes. yeah, tangible effects, not just uh, grapples and holds. This is when you could take it to the umph level. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. This is proof that there's nothing fake about what these guys fucking do. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you have a commentator in the middle of the match yelling, he killed him. He killed him. And probably legitimately yeah. thinking so. Like, oh, oh yeah. great. And then turns out when um, Mick uh, rolls over, I think what? He's smiling and a tooth is what? An inch away from where it should be and still implanted in his mouth. Yeah, it was like coming out of his nose. Oh, that's right. His nose. But yeah, yeah. it's attached to his body. Ble- he literally just almost died and he's laughing. What the fuck is happening here? Yeah, yeah. He's one sick fuck and we love him for it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, just taking like what wrestling could be on a violent level. Excellent example with this one. But that was my honorable mention. But I guess if you're having drinks with buddies, our go to as the drunk wrestling history crew, we always start off with Masato Tanaka One Night Stand 2005. If you want to watch matches like the drunk wrestling history crew does, have five or six drinks with your buddies. Mm hmm. Talk wrestling, but then sit down and turn on One Night Stand 2005. Fast forward right to Masato Tanaka, Mike Awesome. And that is our go-to. We've done a watch along with it on the show. It is like, it's always our go-to. I would say second is probably Brock and Roman from 31. Would you agree Uh, with that? Yeah, that's that's absolutely. Yep. And then after that, it's kind of a somebody just throw a suggestion out. But if you want to watch wrestling like the Drunk Wrestling History crew does, that's our go-to. Tanaka Awesome is number mm-hmm. one. Brock Roman is number two. Yeah. I would definitely say and, that. And Alicia Fox and Molina. Yeah. That's the last one. Now you, now you just changed the pinnacle. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we usually finish with that one, you know. Way to shit on the show's head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh <laughs> bong bong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was way delayed. I already had I, I already had my outro music queued up, so kind of caught me by surprise there. <laughs> that takes care of our list of uh how we would pop someone's cherry. Wrestling wise. Thank you very much, Chris, for this suggestion. Uh, make sure to say hey to him. He's uh, taking care of us and holding up the fort on YouTube. Uh, always uh, leaving all the comments there as well. But uh, for you, how if you were in the same situation where you would have to introduce someone to wrestling, what matches would you choose And uh, to introduce them to it? Let us know on our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and the variances. Wrestling underscore drunk is our handle. Tell your uh, family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, subscribe. Leave us reviews and ratings so that wrestling gods can do things in our favor algorithm-wise. With Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy Buzz. Watch us ring responsibly. Drink like nobody's watching. We'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Topanga. Rest in peace, Jesse Jane. R.I.P. Carl Weathers. Who's that whispering in the trees? It's two cities and they're only pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy? Yes, I am. Back at
A whipped up jitterbug and brown-eyed man A straight cat from the nine-and-a-piece band Cut me a savvy and you'll understand In my veins hot music ran You got me in a sway and I want to swing you down 